driver's seat. Stevie Johnson's going to fight him all the way up to the line. Who'll get there first? Kelly, I reckon no Johnson, Johnson got it. This is going to be Molly Taylor winning the first ever Extreme EX3. She crosses the line. She has done a fabulous job, and no wonder she is smiling. The driver's seat. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Start the celebrations for McLaren. The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome to The Driver's Seat. My name is Nimsa Zord, joined as always by Matthew McKeldin and... Matty, we're going to have to start changing that intro because... It makes me laugh. Joined always as with Matt by Matthew McKeldin. Stevie And Jones. occasionally Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson. Jeez Louise. For a bloke mm. that has his own radio show, he's very he's not on it too much. But no, he's on his way to Adelaide at the moment because all eyes are on South Australia this weekend. It is going to be a massive weekend. And Matty, this, I'm actually a little bit sad that you're not going to be at the 500. Uh, you and me both. Uh, this is probably one of my, I reckon I've been pretty clear on the record about this is one of my favorite events. And I was absolutely gutted when, uh, when the government of the day took it away. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be sensational. I actually think too, Nimsy, we're going to talk about it a little bit later on, but I actually think, uh, it was great as an opener, but not unlike the formula one, uh, Grand Prix of the past, I think to be a closing round. I think this is brilliant. It is just a great party. So, well, uh, looking forward to this weekend. Look, you know what? We'll, we want to get a flavour of uh, what's going on in South Australia right now. So, let's get to the man that is the doyen of all things South Australian motorsport. But before we do that, we have to set the scene with a classic intro, of course. This proved to be the final lap for Adelaide's Supercars event after 21 years. The future of a street circuit is completely unviable. After a two-year hiatus, the Adelaide 500 is back this year. The race will be the final on the Supercars calendar and what will also mark Holden's final event in the championship. Can't underestimate how, as a driver and part of the motor racing event, we are so thankful that it's back on the calendar. Yep, it certainly is. And there is one man that is absolutely stoked it is back. He probably thought that all of his Christmases have come at once because as of Thursday, this man is going to be celebrating. Please welcome. He is, of course, the editor of The Race Talk and one of the hosts of the On The Grid podcast. Also does a lot of commentary for the Speed Series and did some stuff for the AGP and the Bathurst 12 Hours. So please welcome to the driver's seat, the one and only Richard Crail. Oh, thank you. It was nice to be here. I, I heard you talking about Matt McKeldin not being here, and I am also disappointed because I have seen Matt McKeldin in action at the Adelaide 500 before, and it's always exciting. So I feel like we're missing out on something with, with the great man not being here, but it's very nice to be with you. And where's where's old old Stevie J? Uh, I know he's got some TCM commitments this weekend, and I'm excited to call them after what he did in that Mustang at Bathurst, but they're pretty poor not turning up to his own radio show. It's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> well, uh, Richard, I must say, this is probably the, what do you reckon, Nimsy? The third week in a row? Second it is the week in a row. Week. No, it's third, third week. week. <laughs> I, 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 have, I have large shoulders for a reason, Richard Crail. One of us has to carry the show. Um, <laughs> mate, and, I, and, and thank you very much for that, uh, saying those kind words about me at the Adelaide 500. It's one of the circuits around Australia. I've never actually hit a wall, so uh, oh, I used to go, I think I finished six. It's, love it's rare. It's rare at this place because most people have it. I know, right? <laughs> no, I think I finished uh, the last time I was there was well, in the Trans Am in 2020. Yeah, was uh, it 2020? Yep. And I think I finished fifth for the round, which was uh, pretty good. That was 
when the talent pool was just a little less stocked in Trans Am than it, <laughs> what it currently is. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about the Velo Adelaide 500. Mate, give us, you're, you're on the ground. You're a, a local South Australian. Give us the vibe. How's the Marbo? Is it is it just out of control down there with excitement, particularly given that uh, in that intro there, there was some uh, fully educated politician saying that there is absolutely no case for a street race in South Australia. Fair to say that he was wrong. And now we're on the dawn. And how is it? Is it exciting on the ground? Yeah, it turns out the simplest way to get re-elected as a political party is to back motor racing and you're going to get back in. Because yep. that's, that's what Peter Malinowskis and the Labor government did over here, or the Labor Party did over here. And they, they rushed in with a landslide and got themselves back into power after a long time out of office. Look, it, it, it's awesome. Uh, I'm currently, and, and I'm at a place I imagine uh, Matt McKelton has visited at some point, uh, called the Arab Steed. It's a pub on Hutt Street. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and it's buzzing. The whole place is buzzing. And there are people that have migrated up from the track. There are people that are already here um, from interstate that are, that are here for the week to enjoy the race. And in, in this city, this time of year, generally, you don't get that. And, and we haven't seen that in South Australia since the days of the Grand Prix. So to have that influx at this time of year is outstanding. The weather's superb. Um, the rain has finally gone away. And we're set for four amazing days. And, and I spent today out at the circuit, the preparation, the build-up, pre-media events and things like that, all the planning that goes into it. And the place looks extraordinary. It is the best it's looked in the supercar era here. Brand new surface, new catch fencing around, new corporate suites. The, the place looks a million bucks. And they've probably spent more than that. But I think it, it's going to be every result. And it, it should be a spectacular weekend of motorsport. Crowley, um, now, just looking at the forecast, I was thinking that they're pro- I'm probably not going to pass out on top of a pit lane thanks to a lot of Coopers, but seeing that it's 33 on Saturday and Sunday, that might be the case. So hopefully no one's got a camera yeah. phone out there. But um, just you did mention, like, obviously, at this time of the year, you don't normally have that buzz that you have, uh, like, when it is Mad March. So do you reckon that th- them actually making it the season close? Because it's, yes, I know it's tradition, and we love tradition here, but do you reckon that this is the fitting spot for the new and relaunched Adelaide 500 and we'd like to see it continue in this spot? Yeah, I, I genuinely do. And, and it's not just yay SA hype coming from me. I, I think it is the best place for it in the calendar. It worked brilliantly as a season opener. There's no doubt about that. It was such a cool way to launch the championship. Brutal street circuit, tough, demanding, unpredictable races, massive crowd. It was a really cool way to get some momentum in the championship at the start of the season. But locally, it, it stopped working, frankly. And, and it was becoming mm. lost within the Fringe Festival that was on and the Adelaide Festival and the arts and all the performing arts stuff that was going on. And then in some instances, you had footy season about to kick off. So it was all the hype about the Crows and the power and not motor racing. This time of year is spectacular. The weather's generally good. Football season's done and dusted. Cricket's only just starting to gain some momentum. And we've got the Test match here next week. So that works really well following on. But as a season finale, it has all the same ingredients as a way to open the season. Um, but it just, just so happens that it's going to be the one that decides the championship. And while we've got a bit of a dead rubber this year in that Shane has smoked everybody and, and he's unbeatable in supercars at the moment, it's the perfect place for a championship showdown. So I think it works. And the other thing is, and, and those of you that have been to this place will attest, people still remember the Grand Prix and talk about the Grand Prix. And for its 11-year existence, it was in November. It was the season finale. So 
I think people here have got long memories and they remember that party being in November. So to have that come back, I think just works perfectly. And, and the reaction from ticket ticket buyers has been huge. I think I think I, I heard the other day that it's the fifth highest pre-sale tickets in the event's history since wow. 1998. So they've sold a heap of tickets, a lot of corporate. It clearly there's that post-COVID yay way back response, but <laughs> I think the timing works and it, it gets it out of a busy period in Adelaide and gets it some clean air and, and for the Supercars Championship, it works as well. And I think also, Richard, I mean, South Australia is a proud motorsport state, obviously. We've had the, the Malala circuit out there for a million years, still operating, I suppose, at a state level. Then we had the the yeah. new glittering toy from the Shahins in Tail and Bend. Great circuit to drive from. Unbelievable Great facilities. facility. Yeah. A brilliant facility. But... Doesn't hasn't seemed to capture the imagination of the local South Australian. It's not like the joint gets packed out. And look, it is a big place, so you probably would never be able to pack it out, really. But the yeah. the crowds have in historically in Tail and Bend seem to have stayed away somewhat. Do you know with the crowds that are coming to the Adelaide Five Hundred this weekend, are they? Do you know what percentages are locals as opposed to interstaters or internationals? I mean, have the local South Australians seriously embraced this race? Yeah, they have. Yeah, there's no no doubt in my mind. I, I heard today that they were expecting somewhere in the vicinity of ten to thirteen thousand people from interstate. So, right. and, and that is why governments put these events on, right? I mean, you want those people to come into the region to book the hotels out, and you cannot get a hotel in the CBD for love nor money, especially money at the moment, um, <laughs> which is great. That, that's exactly what they want. They want that hotel occupancy to be as high as it possibly can be. They want the restaurants to be full. They want the pubs to be full, and the one I'm at right now is. Um, <laughs> and and that, that that's all part of it. But But I think from a local point of view, Yes, it's been embraced, and, and there's a couple of factors in that. One is the post-COVID, you know, yay, we're back. Yes, we can go to things. We're actually allowed out. Events are still a novelty, I think, and we've seen that across the board this year with great attendances at footy games, at, at motorsport events especially. The Grand Prix was such an outpouring of, of emotion in the world reopening this year, and, and I think that's still a factor. And I think, honestly, it's going to be a factor moving into next year when events like Newcastle come back into the calendar after what will be four years away. So I think there's massive value in that. And you mentioned about the Bend. You know, I think the Bend is going to be an overnight success 15 years in the making. I think down the road, it will be a staple of our sport, but it's going to take a long time. And and anyone who knows South Australians knows that Adelaide's a 20-minute city. And if you're any further than 20 minutes out, you're in the country and it's hard work. So, <laughs> so the bend is hard to get people to, and that's a hardcore place to go. So it's a bit like Winton is to Melbourne. So the hardcore yep. fans make the trek up the Hume to go to Winton, whereas you probably get more of a casual audience go to Sandown, and then, of course, everyone goes to the Grand Prix. Very similar here. You get people from the sea where they wander down. Eastern suburbs can wander in. Foot traffic, public transport. It's really easy. So... But I think it's been so well embraced and local media have got behind it. There's been wall-to-wall coverage. And, you know, before we've had a lap turned in anger and before one person's gone through the turnstiles, I think it's paid off for the government. I think their call has been the right one for sure. It's one of the things you make a very good point there, Richard, about uh, Adelaide being a 20-minute city. Adelaide is one of my favourite places absolutely on the planet. I just love the joint. None more so than when I did race there in the Trans Am 
in uh, 2020. I finished our morning activities. I didn't fence it. And uh, Mrs. Mack and I then jumped into the hire car and rolled out to the Barossa for a quiet, cheeky white uh, <laughs> nice. during during race weekend. So that's what you get when you go to the Adelaide 500. Um, Richard, we've got a, a text that's come in from a great mate of ours, Pete in Car- Cranbourne. Now, you are the doyen of TCM. It's a category that you wholeheartedly love, endorse, commentate. You're a real champion for it. And he's uh, he's just written here, great to be back, guys. If Stevie J isn't going to race TCM full-time next year, who on the Ford side of the fence do you think can take it up to John Bow and Ryan Hansford and the rest of the teams? Now, two things from that, Pete. Not entirely confirmed whether Steve... Will not be back. Hang on, that'll end up on Speed Cafe. Next time. If you don't watch yeah, yourself, Matt. That'll end up there. Uh, yeah. So we, we, we're, we're just going to push that to one side. But should Stevie J not come back, who can take it up to the boys? It's a good question. Uh, and, and I have an answer for you. I will say about Stevie J. I, I bumped into Russell Hancock, who owns the Ford Mustang that Steve has been racing lately mm-hmm. and who, in whom he smoked the field at Bathurst. Let's be honest, he destroyed them. It was an outstanding performance. Um, and we try not to talk him up too much, but, gee, it was very, very good. Mm. So as, as the caller for TCM, I'd be gutted if he's not back. I think the competitive fires are burning again. And I saw him after Bathurst, and he had that little swagger about him, and he was very happy with his performance there, as you would be. <laughs> so I'll be disappointed. I spoke to the car owner today. And he said, Crowley, we're going for six to six this weekend. I said, what do you mean? We've only got four races. He's like, no, no, we want to win practice and qualifying as well. So there's a bit of pressure on Stevie to get after it this weekend. Uh, in answer to the question, in the worst case scenario that he's not back, and I'm pretty confident Russell wants to keep him in the car. So assuming they can get the finances right, I'm, I'm sure he'll be there. Um, Marcus Sikanovic will be back next year. Um, he unfortunately had to sit out this year. He, he broke his leg quite badly in a workplace incident, which is a real shame. And uh, Marcus has got his XD Falcon, very similar to the one that Stevie J races. He's got that hooked up. It's a good car. Marcus is a good driver. So he's one that I think will be good. Um, Andrew Fisher, who has had a really good season driving at Tirana, jumped into the Holden because the Ford wasn't going so well. But he spent mm. this time racing the Tirana to develop his GDHO Falcon. And they think they've got it right. So... Andrew's proven this year that he can run with Bow and Hansford at the front of the field. So mm-hmm. if they've got the Falcon right for next season, then he could be a contender too. So I think there's some hope for the Blue Oval Brigade if, worst case, our mate isn't back on the grid. But I certainly hope he is because he's, he's good fun to have in the championship. He is good fun. He's good fun to have around here when we see him. When we see him. Um, (laughs) When he he arrives. Um, Rich, we've run out of time. I'm going to let you go. And I know you've got a massive weekend ahead of you. But I just, and you're going to be very embarrassed when I tell this story. But years and years and years and years and years ago, you and I were calling for Indie FM TV on the Gold Coast. I think you remember that. I think there were things going on behind the cameras there that we'll never be able to bring to, to daylight because we'd both so get arrested. Many but things. So no, many will things. will we tonight either? No, no, no. But <laughs> I, I would like to publicly say that back then, and I reckon that was probably, I don't know, 10 years ago, it was when we flew in that Blackhawk helicopter up and down yeah, the mate, beach, whenever that was. That was um, 2008, Matt. That was 2008. Oh, okay, 2008. So How 14 years ago. Now? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so crazy. Good. That's what I like to call the era when I still had hair. So, uh, it's... <laughs> yeah, you did, though. <laughs> but I... I I leaned across to Richard at one point and I said, mate, you are too good at this. You need to be going overseas oh, and calling stop. IndyCar because from back then in 2008 to this day, we see you on the Speed Series. I think 
in a crowded space of Australian motorsport commentary with big names like Scaife, Neil Crompton and that sort of stuff. I think you are an absolute standout and the rest of the planet's loss is Australia's win that you stayed in this country, mate. I love your work. I think your passion is unbelievable. Your knowledge is is exceptional and I'm... Uh, I'm just glad that we've got you still here in Australia, but I think you missed your calling, mate. You should have been overseas calling international motorsport. So. Uh, well, that's very, very kind of you, Matt, and I very much appreciate that. Those Gold Coast times were outstanding. Mm. Um, there, there's a bit of international stuff in my future next year, I think, at this stage. Oh. So there's, a, there's a bit of stuff on the go that, that could see me over there, perhaps with my mates from Radio Le Mans, so they get to call the back as 12-hour with. So there's a big race in France in June next year, though. The 100th anniversary, I think I might get a Guernsey at. But I, I appreciate that, mate. It, it's uh, it, Those indie days were awesome fun to work with you and that, that team there. So, no, they were, a, they were a big part of my career. And I look fondly on those and, and still remember them. But uh, I appreciate those words. Very kind of you. I'm very Absolutely, mate. That, well, I knew you would be, but I just wanted to get that out there in the public space because uh, this is your debut here on the driver's seat. Next year, we hope to get you on uh, way more regularly because you are... You are a superstar, and I just wanted to publicly right off the bat say that I think you're one of the best. So, mate, have a have a great time this weekend. We'll be watching and uh, uh, appreciate everything you do. Nah, very kind of you. Thanks, guys. Look forward to talking more. There we go. Richard Crowell joins us live on The Driver's Seat. Remember, you can check out Crowell's. Is there anything that I've missed here in terms of our plugs? Because you've got a brand new episode of On, on The Grid that you can check out. <laughs> no, the... You ticked the, you took all the boxes. All the boxes were ticking. <laughs> do, I appreciate it. But do yourself you. a favour. Jump on board the racetalk.com. If you want to get the inside line on what's happening at the Adelaide 500 and all the lead up to it with the farewell to Holden, the return of the 500 and everything in between, make sure you check out the digital copy of the Doric Inside Line magazine available right now on the racetalk.com. Crowley, we'll see you over the weekend, mate. Well, at least I, me and Steve will. Matty won't, but we'll have a couple of Coopers to uh, celebrate uh, for it. But uh, we'll let you go, brother, and we'll uh, catch you soon. Thanks, boys. Cheers. See ya. <laughs> Richard Crowell joins us here on the driver's seat. And I'll tell you what, Matty, it was. It's, it, it really is like Christmas, isn't it, at the moment? Oh, yeah. You know what? I sat, I, I raced two weeks ago at Winton and I raced last weekend at Lakeside and I finished off at Lakeside and I thought, oh, thank goodness I don't have to go to another racetrack for this year. Come now Wednesday <laughs> when all you peanuts are going to be heading down to the Adelaide 500. I've got FOMO. And Mrs. Max heading off with the little Max for the weekend down to Melbourne. I could jump on a plane and get down there. You could. I could. You could. I could Un- do that. Unfortunately, because like, and not to get on a soapbox here, I don't. I don't often do this, Matthew, but I will. Tell you what, talk about price gouging in the airline industry. Oh, was it pretty solid? Ooh, pretty good flight. Cheese and rice, <laughs> mate. I'll put it this way. I booked I booked my flights before I got my accreditation. That's how desperate I was oh, to wow. get to save some uh, some uh, dollar edos on this one. But, hey, look, we're off and running here on the driver's seat. Get in touch with us on the text 04 double. What is our number? 0433981116 is the number. Oh, jeez Louise. Oh, boy. You've ruined your track record there. Never call us again, please. Never in your life. You know what? I should just let Frank and Fuckatani do it. Keep your text messages coming in. That's it. Frankie! 0433981116 is our number. This is the driver's seat. Thanks to Kavoda. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. 
This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Uh, and hopefully you're hearing this on the driver's seat app. Mm. Uh, we can see that some people are, but some people are not having the best of luck. So, uh... Yes, we don't quite know what's going on there because we've we've got it's it's kind of weird like we've had Rob the Ranger from Camden chime in to say that all he's getting is uh at uh, re, uh re-looping ads on the app and we've had uh, another one saying that it's currently listening on the driver's seat app and the ad break is looping like Mazepin at a hairpin. <laughs> Very funny. So not sure what's going on there, guys, because then we've we've got um, Brad from Sydney who's chimed in. So it's very odd. We don't know what's going on there. We're going to get the propeller heads out and see if we can uh, we can work that out during the break so that you get to listen live. If you don't, obviously, check in tomorrow morning. Nimsy's very swiftly puts up the... Hmm. Uh, the podcast by about nine o'clock in the morning, so uh, that's very good. Uh, also, while we're while we're going through the text line, Brad in Sydney. Uh, good mm. evening, guys. With the VCAT testing of Gen Three now completed, do you have any insight as to the early strengths and weaknesses of each car? And if the Mustang starts strong, how many races do you give it before chunks of metal are bolted to its roll cage to slow it down? <laughs> Love the show, Brad from Sydney. Now we we have look. It has been. Should we say it's ninety nine point nine 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 percent rubber stamped? Uh, no, I wouldn't go that high. I think it's probably 90%. 90? I don't think I'd go 99. There was, in fact, although it has not been reported in the general press, Brad, um, there was a an early end to the VCAT testing due to a technical malfunction with one of the cars. So they weren't actually able to complete any and all tests for VCAT. So I think that's probably going to be run again quietly somewhere. But, Brad, now... You know, on this show, we don't do the tin foil hat stuff. So, when you say the strength of and weaknesses of each car, and if the Mustang starts strong, well, what if the Chev starts strong? What if the Chev Camaro starts strong? It, it's going to be um, uh, not necessarily one brand or another. We'll just have to wait and see. Every bit of feedback that we're getting from the drivers that have been there say, is saying that it's going to be pretty wild and they're going to be pretty equal. They will each have their strengths and weaknesses, as all supercars do and all different brands. You know, uh, I think at one point the Falcons back in the day were better out of the hole, better out of the corner uh, than a Commodore was, but a Commodore had better top speed because of aero and all that kind of stuff. So there's no doubt that there's going to be a couple of differences between the cars. They will each have their own strengths and weaknesses. We're, we're going to have to wait and see if, of course, we get to see them next year. But it won't just necessarily be the Mustang. If that Camaro is markedly quicker than the Mustang, I'll tell you now, it'll either be slowed down or the Mustang will be released somewhat to make sure they have parity. The last thing that supercars needs after the debacle that has been Gen 3 is two cars that are wildly far apart in performance. That's fast. That's correct. These cars (laughs) need to come out next year and basically be... Oh, they need to be bang on the money. Absolutely bang on the money. Hmm. Uh, 0433 is the text line. Greg's uh, chimed in. We're we're going beautifully. We're having a a Gen 3 issue of ourselves here, (laughs) Nimsy. Having some technical difficulties tonight. What chat about? I, just, I also realised seven intros now. I also, uh, from Greg. also just realised too. Ironically, if you can't listen, you're not hearing this. Um, but, but, um, yes, I oh know. But you'll hear it on the you'll hear it on the uh, on the pod tomorrow. But, yes. Uh, or, or, yes. In the meantime, so Bradley, just to finish off, 
Grab the tin hat, son. Chuck it on top of the bookshelf. Let's revisit that sometime in the new year. But in this, <laughs> in the meantime, just go open minds. Let's see if we get it right. Now, Maddie, we, we need to quickly talk about uh, when we talk about looking towards Gen 3, we're going to still focus mm. on Gen 2 at the moment because mm-hmm. it is the final round of the current in, uh, iteration of supercars. Mm-hmm. And uh, so do we count this as part of the of the car of the future era? This is, isn't it? No. Like, no. Don't, don't we? No, no, no. No, I don't think so. This is Gen 2. Gen 2. Yeah, Gen yeah, 2. So off blueprint the... car of the future Gen 2. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what was yeah. the difference between... So, this because isn't, no. it the, isn't it the same sash- chassis? Chassis? Yeah. Jeez, what's happening? How's that? How's it? What's happening <laughs> with your voice what, there? Jeez, at least. Don't cut me sorry. off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, mate, you, you can call it car of the future if you wish. That's well, fine, a code of car. Yep, but but either way, like so this will be the final uh, iteration hmm. of what we've been seeing in supercars for a very, very long time. Now, in terms of lifespan, is this the longest that we've seen, uh, well, Ignoring the Falcon, but that when the the FGX was introduced, what twenty fifteen, give or take, something like that. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, um, we've normally had like a three year run. This is like an a... Aaron Noonan question, not a yes. Matt McKeldin question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll see if I can get Will Dale on the line and uh, we'll get him back on board. But it, it has been, and I know we've had you know some interruptions with the pandemic and stuff like that. But we really should should have been at Gen three a lot quicker, shouldn't we? Well, yeah. Well, yes. The Gen three was slated before uh, before COVID that we were going to be getting Gen three, and it was all meant to be kicking off and doing all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, one of I'm not going to go into the amount of excuses that have gone through to not have Gen three. The most legitimate of of which I think was COVID hit. But then it's all the all the other bits and pieces that have gone along the way that have delayed it. Um, I mean, if you remember, we 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 were meant to be Halfway we were meant through, to be having the back half of this season. With half Gen three cars and half Gen two cars, God, if you, you imagine that, remember that debacle. So, uh, I think it was uh, Tim, Tim from Tim Edwards from um, from Tickford that we put the blowtorch on that one earlier in the year and said you can't be thinking this is a good idea. But anyway, uh, so that got canned. But yeah, we should have had it earlier. <laughs> the fact remains is we haven't, so we can't go we can't go too crazy about it all. Um, uh, Every one of these teams now has got this mousetrap sorted. Mm-hmm. So by the time we get into Gen 3 next year, uh, it's all going to be a new learning lesson. But let me preface that by saying, if you think the backmarker teams this year are current, uh, are magically going to be up the front next year, you're kidding yourself. It's just That's just not how it works. No, um, no definitely because not. Because... Because it's – and it essentially it's got nothing to do with the car. A little peek behind the curtain here. The reality is the Red Bulls, the DGR, DJRs and the Tickfords, they've got all the money. These guys have, apart from maybe Premier, these guys have got the bulk amount of money in pit lane. What buys talent? Money. Mm. So when you get a good driver, a good car, and then you connect it with an unbelievably good engineer, that's how – teams get up the front. It's actually got nothing to do with the car. To, to an it's extent. usually all of the building blocks underneath it that get a car and a team up the front. And now, usually it's all money. To an extent, we can see that happening at Grove Racing because, and we're not having a shot at the Kellys here, but, you know, there, there was 
wins there's were been f- bigger investment yeah. from the Groves, absolutely. Wins were few yeah. and far between, and we know that yep. the Kellys had other things to do. They'd always take big chunks out of things, like you know, trying to develop a brand new car and, and introduce a new mark and you know, convert yep. stuff from uh, one mark to another in the off-season, stuff like that. Like, we get it. They had a lot on their plate. But we've yep. seen that when the Groves have come in, and Stephen Grove is a businessman first and foremost, and he's and you can kind of see that with Peter Zubris uh, as well. Yep. But getting guys like David Couchy, getting drivers like Lee Holdsworth and um, Davey Reynolds, we yep. see how, like, they are, they're just, they're sniffing away from a win, aren't they? Whereas Well, they, they are, and they're building for the future. So the things that you're seeing that the Groves are doing now probably won't come to, to bear fruit until probably two to three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, again, you can't, in our sport, you absolutely, money talks and it attracts the big names, both drivers and technicians and, and uh, engineers. Uh, engineers and all of that sort of stuff. And as I say, once you, once you put, all that, put all those connections together, then you're a fair chance to go up the front. What we have seen, unfortunately, probably in the last three to five years is that there's only been two, if not three teams that have had the bulk of the money. And only, remember that only one person can win. Yep. So this time it's been Shane for the last two years. Three years before that was with Scotty Mack, who we're going to see back in Adelaide this weekend. So if you're expecting Team Sydney to be at the front, if you're expecting uh, Blanchard Racing to be up the front, if you're expecting BJR to be right up the front, you're kidding yourself. Yeah. They'll have a crack here and there, but they don't have the big dollars to spend on drivers, engineers, and, development and infrastructure and, and development yeah. that the big teams do. Just It's just bottom line. There's haves and have-nots in our sport. Now, Gen 3 will close that gap because for the first half of next year, the knowledge base of these cars will be minimal to start with and then we'll see who develops and builds and who's smart enough to put together the best mousetrap for their drivers to win. But come six months, everyone will be back. The, the usuals will be up the front again and the usuals will be down the back again. Mm. Uh, it, 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 and things sort of find a way to even themselves out a little bit, don't they? Yeah. Well, they, the cream always rises to the top. You know, um, it's like in Formula One. We've seen, we've seen teams get a big sponsor or manufacturers come into a sport like Renault or something like that that aren't immediately winning races. The reality is it's still Red Bull. It's still uh, Mercedes. Mercedes, yeah. um, And on the odd occasion, you might get a K-Mag out of Haas that jags a result or a Renault or something like that. But it's all about money and time and consistent long-term investment, and then that will pay off. So give it six months, and you'll see the normal guys back up the front next year. It'll be an interesting one to see, that's for sure. And I know there is a lot of optimism from the smaller teams that, you know, like – that you know it will be an even playing field, and you're right. At the start, it will be that yeah. that first Six race could just will. be absolute carnage, like Newcastle. Well, it's going to be because you're at, New- <laughs> at Newcastle, right? So you're trying to run a car that you've never really run before, never really been long distance tested before <laughs> on a super windy uphill Downdale street track. Newcastle next year is just going to be Mickey Mouse. I cannot wait for that. I think it's going to be a great race. It's going to be Bunto, but yeah. Uh, we got to t- uh, touch on some of these liveries that have been revealed in, in the past 24 hours mm. uh, because people are going all out for the farewell of Holden. But we'll touch on that next here on the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. 
This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Just a quick heads up too, we will be having a show, a live show next week. So you could join us next Wednesday evening mm. for a full wrap up of the Adelaide 500 uh, on your wireless. So make sure you tune in then. Stevie will be Hopefully. there too. Hopefully that one's working. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, we hope so. But Ooh, anyway, going to get a smack from management on that one. Oh, look, it's not like they can hear it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, look, we've we, we got to talk about the uh, some of these liveries that have dropped mm. in the past 24 hours or so because we did hear rumblings. So was it late last week or was it midweek that we heard rumblings that uh, WAU and Triple Eight were going to be mm. doing some tribute liveries to the final Holden. I think, was it SVG that started it all when he said, should I run the number one uh, in Adelaide? Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember him coming out and saying it, but that's not to say that he didn't say it. I, I just, I think there was always going to be something from the two frontline Holden teams mm-hmm. celebrating this going to be the last time we'll see a Holden uh, badge being run on a supercar in Australia. So, um they would be uh they would be i suppose defi- deficient def- deficient in their um hist- of the or they'd be separated from their history nimsy if they didn't run something this weekend of course the uh, elizabeth plant in adelaide closed down years ago but mm-hmm. it is the spiritual home of holden it is the final round and next year we go to chevs obviously so um that you could bet the bot you could bet your house that wau and triple eight were going to do uh, a tribute livery to Holden this weekend. Now, the tribute, the the the, the liveries have been released. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll quickly read off our Facebook because when they when they dropped, we got a couple of comments. Alan wanted mm. to have a Triple Eight versus WAU livery debate slash comment, and I thought it quite fun. I thought it quite funny because uh, Rob uh, has chimed in with uh, both liveries look great. The Red Bull is just a little bit more subtle of a tribute. Both have great meaning behind them, which is what we are celebrating. One got it right, and one had sponsorship commitments. Hmm. Yes. Which yeah. one is which? <laughs> and I look. I get that. I, you know, being a, a former commercial manager of this of, of the of that pit lane, I I totally get and understand that. But I mean, don't think that WAU didn't have uh, sponsorship commitments too. I mean, they got some big brands on those cars, probably with and, some big style guides and all that sort of rubbish. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not exactly like Optus right now or. Uh, yeah, able we'll, to dictate anything. That they'll doing probably just have <laughs> Uncle Ryan probably went up there and said, "Hey guys," and like, "Yes, just put it up, do whatever you want." Is it a good news story? Run it. Uh, so, uh, look, there is absolutely no doubt that the it's great for to Shane to be running the number one. That's cool. Get it? That's cool. Um, uh, but the reality of that car's livery is it's just white, really, and they're running the odd Holden badge. Here and there. Whereas if you look at the WAUs. Oh, it's crafted with love. Oh, it's 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 a livery that is so traditional, so loved. The 1989 VL uh, Commodore SS Group A that to run it with their current partners, the way that car looks, the way they've done suits for, for both Chazzy and Nick, I think is fabulous. And uh, I, it's for mine, livery of the year. Oh, 100%. 100% of it is livery yep. of the year. And and it's nice to see the uh, and I know that you know most of us on this uh, 
on this uh, show bleed fairly heavily blue, but mm. the the old helmet and line is very very iconic. Like it oh, is, absolutely. it's a it's HSV. a it's a timeless design. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, and and just let me go back a step there. I know you you think I bleed blue, mate. I'm an absolute mercenary. I'll bleed whatever <laughs> colour you want me to do as long as you're going to pay me. I don't care. I'll run a Chev. I'll run a Ford. I'll run a Hyundai. I don't care as long as there's, I can send you an invoice. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> so um, I just happen to own a Mustang. That's all. Um, so, yeah, I, it, this is a cracking livery. It is a traditional livery. That Holden helmet and lion um, has become iconic. And um, it's connected to the great history of this sport. And I, 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 I am... When it comes to WA, it's interesting because don't forget that it's not also the final round for Holden here in Australia in the Commodore moniker. Don't forget WA, you go to Mustang next year. Yep. So it's the last time for them internally too. And, of course, they've got the massive history as being the factory uh, the factory Holden squad. So I in in these times of relatively tough budgets, I think WA should be absolute, WAU should be absolutely commended for what they've done for one race here. I think it's a bolt error. They look hot. Yeah, it is, it is hands down one of the greatest liveries mm. that I've seen too. So subtle to it, and it really does. Because it's it's kind of like how the, just to sort of take it back to, just to show that we're not, you know, completely going down the, yay, Holden for, um, path. Mm. The the throwback liveries on the DJR Mustangs at Bathurst. Mm. Brilliant. When you look at the colour scheme, you look at all of that, everything just looks right. You looked at those immediately and you thought, Brock, you think a classic HRT, and yep. that's where you got to applaud them too. One thing we will quickly touch on when we talk about the number one, uh, it's SVG sort of really, I don't know, do you think he's mellowed a little bit over the last couple of years? Because normally he's very staunchly stuck with the number 97, but we saw him switch over to Triple Eight for RD's final Bathurst. Now we're seeing him on the number one. He's he's got a big old uh, big old jelly heart underneath that exterior, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> jelly heart. I don't know. You ask him and see what sort of response he gets. Oh, I'd, I'd oh, rather look, not. No. <laughs> you know, I think uh, I think as time has gone on and the pressure has somewhat been relieved on him getting a couple of championships and a couple of Bathursts. When you now come along and say, "Hey, it's a big one for RD, and it's a big one for Holden," would you mind? We're gonna we're gonna do this, so we hope you're comfortable with it. I reckon they've just told him, "We want you. We we, we value your input, Shane, but we are going to do this." Mm. So, um, and you know, he he doesn't need to prove anything. He's gone right. Okay, I won the championship. That's fine. I've won Bathurst. That's fine. No dramas. Yeah, so um, SVG's never raced with the number one in any of his championship defences. Uh, Craig Lowndes, Mark Scaife, Marcus Ambrose, Rick Kelly, and Jamie Wincup are the drivers to have won on the streets of Adelaide with the number one on the door. Hell of a, hell of a lineup Ooh. there, isn't it? Fair lineup, fair names. Not a bad effort there. Are we uh, going to get Mark Scaife on the show before the end of this year, do you reckon? Oh, that's... Yeah, I don't, oh. Stevie Johnson having a couple of little adult beverages, enjoying the atmosphere. I think that might be the closest. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think we've got the budget for this year, have we? No, to, probably to not. To get him on? Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how he goes. Uh, oh, I'm getting in so much trouble. It's the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia together. We've got to mention uh, a certain famous AU Falcon that will be making its return mm. to the uh, to the, yes. the streets of Adelaide. We'll touch on that next. The here People's on the, AU. The People's AU, indeed. All thanks to <laughs> Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. 
This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat, and we do it thanks to Kubota. And remember to rev up your smartphone with the driver's seat app. It's available in the App Store. And you can also jump on our social media. You can get us around the clock at Driver's Seat Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you checked out our social media yesterday, you might have mm. seen a very familiar uh, favourite, people's favourite car. Uh, and if you're not sure what it is, I'll give you a hint. It's an AU Falcon! The, um, the Bike Off Racing Team. They have mm. done a fair bit of work to put together, well, not put together, but put back together, the, um, the AU Falcon. Ridiculous. They have. It's great, isn't it? And this will because this is going to be the last time they can run it under the current Super Three it, regulations. Yeah, exactly. So it won't appear on supercar mandated events anymore. It might go to, it might go to historic, historic touring cars or stuff like that. So I think it's brilliant that the bike offs have got the uh, the car back together. They're going to run it in Adelaide, and you know we've talked about it this year. We've had a bit of fun, Nimsy. It's the people's supercar. Um, you don't know what you had until it's gone, and everyone <laughs> hated the AU when it was here, particularly the drivers. Uh, but now everyone loves to see the old girl going around. So had a fairly big accident at... Townsville, wasn't it? Was it Townsville? I think it might have been. It wasn't Sandown. They tried to get ready for Sandown, but mm-hmm. it wasn't ready for Sandown. So, yeah, good on the Bike Off family for getting that out. And uh, if you are going to the Adelaide 500 this weekend, make sure you drop by and say good day to the boys because uh, she's a belter. She's a beautiful old thing. And... Um, it would be interesting to see how it goes in the hands of John O. Might actually jag a result in Super 3. Yeah, it shouldn't be too shabby. They've also got their FG Falcon. It's actually Steve's old car, the FG, that they've got. It's an old Jim Beam one now. Yeah, it's an old Jim Beam car. So uh, that will also be in Super 3. So we'll have to wait and see. But I'm just glad that we get to see it just one more time. It's... uh... Just I'm just looking at pictures of it on our Facebook page. And what was it the line that Malcolm said uh, when when he did the Classic Cars Corner a couple of weeks back on the AU? It's the dog that should – it's the abandoned dog that should have been left abandoned or something like that. <laughs> so, something like – something incredibly unfair like that. You know, as he said, I think it, it cost uh, some inordinate amount of money and 10 years of development to get the AU up and running, and then she was a pooper. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, look, I, I, it's part of the history of our sport. It's now much loved, much revered. Uh, no one's really running one on the on the national stage except for the bike off. So uh, good for them in putting the money together and going and, and having one last crack around the Adelaide 500 circuit. A message that we got on our page uh, when we posted up the picture. They may be celebrating Holden's final roar this weekend, but let us commemorate the real celebration the final appearance of the mighty AU in official supercars competition. There you go. I think you summed it up very well there, Zach. (laughs) Uh, Jump onto our Facebook page if you want to stay up to date with what we're up to. Um, Facebook.com forward slash driver's seat show. You can also get that on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, Plenty to get through. We've got some Formula One that we're going to delve into a little bit because literally as we went off air last week, 
the news mm. came out that uh, <laughs> Danny Rick has found Good himself timing. a new home. <laughs> Great kind of a, it's an old home, but uh, we'll touch on that next here on the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It's a driver's seat and we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Let's quickly talk some Formula One. Yes, the season is done and dusted, and we've got ourselves a champion in Max Verstappen. Oh, oh Verstappen no, on the inside of Vettel, they no, have toast! Max. That was inevitable! <laughs> Seems like ages ago that uh, that was old Maxie into the wall, but uh, he hey, certainly has grown. The shenanigans have gone. Yeah. Nimsy, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, I shouldn't say that. You missed the, uh, the little... I hit the wall. Uh, copy, Max. Just that tone, uh, just that copy. tone of, uh, yeah. copy Max. Copy well, Max, well, here here's, we again. So here's a fun thing, talking about Red Bull Racing, um, mm-hmm. just as we went off air last week, it was confirmed that Daniel Ricciardo has reunited with Red Bull and he will become its third driver in 2023. It's actually funny because a mate of mine uh, sent me a, a text probably about ooh, just after midnight last mm-hmm. Wednesday going and saying, so you're telling me that Danny Rick left Red Bull because he didn't want to be a number two driver. And now he's gone back to be the number three driver, uh, <laughs> which I thought was pretty amusing. But the, yeah, what do you make of this decision? Is it, did he make the right choice? Has he, yep. what, what's, you th- okay. so you think he's so, done right? I, so I do because interestingly, this is not for Danny about where I can win races or whether I can maintain being a competitive Formula One driver. Danny's burnt out. Danny has hit the wall, uh, metaphorically. He does not want to compete every weekend, weekend, week out next year. He's had enough, um, and he needs to walk away. But this is this is not me surmising. This is this is him outwardly saying, "I'm burnt out, and I need to walk away for a little while." Yeah. So he's not going to be at every race next year. Um, uh, they've also got Liam Lawson in as a reserve driver. Basically, he's a, a Kiwi kid. So um, if all of a sudden Danny's in Majorca somewhere on a beach on a Grand Prix weekend and it's the Australian Grand Prix weekend or, you know, something in China or something and he can't get there, they're not going to – and someone gets sick or breaks a toe, they're not going to ring Danny to say, hey, you need to get here overnight, bang, you're on. They've got Liam Lawson. So this is not just about Danny being slotted into a reserve chair with a view to trying to get back to the main game so to speak, the Formula One grid next year or the year after, sorry. It's about him deciding whether he wants to go back to full-time in 2024. He needs a break. Renault smashed his brain up. McLaren have smashed his brain oh, up. McCa- he McCla- needs to well, walk away. If Renault smashed his brain up, McLaren turned it to pulp. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I saw, I saw a quote, something along the lines where he, just, he wants to sort of remind himself that he can still drive. I think it was, wasn't that the quote? Yeah, and he does. And I think there's going to be opportunities for him next year to jump into an older Red Bull car and and give that a whack around. Um, He's definitely going to be doing a lot of simulator work, which will aid in the setup to the boys and and girls on a race weekend because that's what Formula One teams do. They During a weekend, if you didn't know, what they will do is they will have their simulator driver in the factory during a race weekend. And overnight, they will say, can you please plug in this setup, that setup, and this setup, and give us the data and feedback from that. And if it's really good, then they plug it into the car. 
that's what a simulator driver does a lot of the time. So he's going to be there doing that. Um, he's going to take a break away from every single race weekend that Formula One runs. He won't be there and he'll decide whether he wants to come back or not. He could have walked into Haas. If it was about staying on the grid, he could have walked into Haas mm-hmm. and gotten paid a truckload and run around at the and back of the grid. Back marker, yeah. But he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do it. He wants to be either at the front or nothing. And first and foremost, he has to decide whether he wants to do it because he's not convinced at the moment. He's burnt out. Do you reckon that we'll see that this is so? In your mind, is this? It's not. It's not quite a question of is this the end of Daniel Ricciardo, a uh, Formula One driver, because. Mm. He just sort of needs a quick mental reset. But at the same time, he's probably picked a good team to be around since, like, this is the one that he's obviously started with and he's had so many wins yeah. there and all that sort of stuff. Is it kind of a little bit like, you know, the, the um, what's the word? Going back home kind of thing. You know, Nimsy, I don't know whether you've been in this situation. I hope that you haven't, but I know a lot of people have, including myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there comes a point in a relationship where a relationship ends or something in your career ends or something like that. And it's been a seismic shift. It's been a seismic shift in your life. Yep. And sometimes you just want to go home. Mm-hmm. You just want to go home to the people that you feel perhaps give you the best support, are able to allow you to be you, um, see your values, value you, all that kind of stuff. And I think for Danny, that represents Red Bull. As I said, at the end of this last four years with Renault and McLaren, he smashed up. He needs to go home and rest. And what that means is not the not the go home to the farm in Perth and rest. He needs to go back to a team that knows him and loves him. Remembering that he left Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Red Bull didn't flick him. He left Red Bull. Now, you could argue that that was the wrong move, but at the end of the day, that's what happened. He left. Now, they have always, always, you've got to give it to Red Bull here. Red Bull have always said, Danny is part of our family. We love him. We didn't want to lose him. We understand why he went. We think it was the wrong decision, but we still love him. Yeah. So he needs to go home and just get loved up a little bit. And what I'm going to find fascinating next year is when he does get into a first uh, a free practice one, if he towels everyone up, um, what sort of feedback he's getting, where his mental state is at and how much he's relaxing because the Danny Rick of the last couple of years is not the Danny Rick we saw of the few years before that. Oh, and what I'd like to see is the Danny not. and Max show uh, back on in 2024 or 25. But wherever he goes, whether it's whether it's with Red Bull or somewhere else, I want to see the Danny, the confident Danny, the rested Danny, the focused Danny, not the guy who's treading water to save his own career because I think he's better than that. So it'll be interesting to see when his headspace gets right, Nimsy, when he goes and gets the, the loved up by the family and by his old team and the confidence comes back. We could see in 24 uh, a Danny Rick like we've never seen before. Yeah, one that's could refreshed. Be, could be amazing. Refreshed, fully recharged and just, yeah. just out there just – you know, take no prisoners. Um, now, before we put a bow on uh, on the Danny Ricardo story, mm-hmm. there is another little thread that uh, has to be mentioned whenever you mention Daniel Ricardo's exit from McLaren, and that, of course, is another Aussie, Oscar Piastri. Now, he's had yeah. his first day as you know, he's had his first couple of days as an official Formula One driver. Um, well, and how do you think he went? Like he, he did sort of impress a couple of people. 
Well, they're not going to. <laughs> in the yeah. day. And, and it is just. Po- McLaren just... aren't going to come out, Nimsy, and say, oh, look, Piastri was in the car. It was pretty shit, but, you know, day one. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they've, they've done a lot, right? And, they've I, and, they've and, done and, a lot to and, get him in that car. So no matter what he did, the, he, the, the press line was always going to be. Fantastic. Piastri's been really strong, and we've been impressed with his feedback and blah, blah, blah. But once again, the car failed under Piastri day one. And it is also just you know it, it's the it's the preseason it's a uh, postseason testing and we've yeah. seen like we've seen an, a lot of weird things happen in test days we've seen a lot of people top timesheets that probably would yeah like a Williams and stuff yeah that's top and timesheets and and you you can't say that that's so it's not a true and accurate it's not a true and accurate representation of where the car is at or where the driver's at it's just what they've got underneath them um, and so yeah I, look and I think you know there was reported that. Um, uh, Alonso was 100 plus percent happy after after his Aston Martin <laughs> test. Come on, mate, the car is super inconsistent. You can't say that you're 100 percent happy. So that's all press line crap, yeah, basically. The, um, They're all going to say that they're absolutely sensational. If, but just one thing on Danny before we wrap, because I know you're going to. Don't forget, Nico Hulkenberg is coming back into Haas after three years away. So is it feasible that we'll see Danny back in 24? Yep. Um, could we see him back in 25? Absolutely. Because I rate Danny over Hulkenberg, and Hulkenberg's come back after three. I will give you one more um, before we actually wrap up here, and we'll try and catch up with Stevie J, uh, who I think has touched down in Adelaide already. Mm-hmm. But um, just looking at the timesheets uh, at the postseason test, Ferrari, a lot of them up the front there. Will we see them figure it out in 2023? Because Ferrari's biggest enemy wasn't Max Verstappen in in 2022. It was actually Ferrari. <laughs> well, very sadly, after 28 years, Mattia Bonotto has left Ferrari. So whoever is running that team next year um, has a big job ahead of them. Um, they were probably the disappointment of the year. We're going to cover that off on our final show next next mm-hmm. week, Nimsy, about you know the what's hot and what's not. But Ferrari, we're also, gonna, this we're year, also going to delve into our crystal ball again and see how we ooh, how we went. Yes, uh, good, good. Yeah, year. grab that out. Mm-hmm. Grab the crystal balls out in the wash. <laughs> um, I, yeah, um, Ferrari couldn't get out of their own way this year. They kept treading on their own, you know, what's. And Mattia, after 28 years, which I find really sad, actually, because there's been one year where where there's some dubious and questionable strategy calls within Ferrari, and he's he's gone after 28 years. I find that really quite sad. But um, it'll be interesting to see who steps up next year to, to run that team. And boy, oh boy, they're going to want to have to do a pretty bloody good job because <laughs> that car on its day with those drivers was red hot. We just need them to be consistent. Yeah, it was, and like you, like you said, they they kept sort of tripping over themselves a fair bit, didn't Ugh, they? But uh, frustrating. We will take a quick pause for the course here on the driver's seat. Remember, the all new driver's seat app's got podcast interviews, news, and videos. It is a must for all motorsport fans. We'll see if we can get over to Adelaide and check in on Stephen Johnson. What do they think this is? SENSA. Because that is, of course, the place to be right now. It's the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It's a driver's seat and we do it thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia. We often like to 
talk a bit of news on mm. the, uh, you know, get the skinny, the down low, because as as we've always mentioned, we don't have any, you know, commercial commitments or anything like that. We, mm-hmm. Obviously, we will respect embargoes and stuff like that. But when we get ourselves a bit of a news update, we'll definitely crack into it. Mm, that's right. So, Matthew, you last week we were going to do this, but we didn't get around to it. Yes. A famous Victorian track mm. will be coming back. Correct. Calder Park Raceway. Mm. Now, you're right. Th- this is now not news, um, overly heavy news, because it was all released a couple of, or last week. A couple of days ago. We, yeah. we, we couldn't get through to it uh, last week due to other commitments. But, um, yes, yeah, super excited about this, that Calder Park is coming back. I spoke to both Kim Jane and uh, Rowan Harmon, who's running the place, and uh, they reckon that there's going to be somewhere around a million dollars spent on that facility between now and probably the start of next year's competitive running there. They've got two or three calendars uh, that are going to be going there, two or three different categories, including, and I know this is kind of embargoed, it hasn't been released yet, but I believe the final round of the TA2 championship even is going to be held at Calder Park somewhere near the end of the year given that everything is is as we hope it will be with the uh, the restoration. So they're going to be doing some uh, some resurfacing, obviously. I know that they've been in discussions with Motor, Motorsport Australia. Motorsport have gone out and they've gone and done a review of what needs to be done, and they've handed down that report. If you're not aware of Calder Park, probably the one thing at the moment, well, there's two things that, you, that always that need always- to be watched out for. It's a drag racing circuit on the main straight. Now, do they, they was, still do the drags there, don't they? They still do that. But when a drag car takes off from the line, there is a lot of fluid put down called VHT, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And it's exceptionally slippery when it gets wet. Now, the old circuit ran right beside the, uh, the drag circuit and it went straight down the main straight. So you'd come off the top corner onto this VHT in the wet and it was fending them like hitting ice. It was terrible. They've now reconfigured all of that. So the VHT basically is nowhere near the running part of the, the, the circuit. So that's been changed. But the bigger concern was down the back straight, there's a big right, big braking marker and a right-hand turn. Now, at the end of that braking marker, there's a, a, a sand trap that goes into a concrete wall. Um, and I think the uh, the Motorsport Australia people said, okay, that's got to be changed because if you have a <laughs> massive brake failure there, you better have a helicopter on standby because you're going to need it. Um, so they're going to make some changes there. They're going to slow that back straight down. They're going to upgrade some of the pit facilities and other bits and pieces. And hopefully, given that we think Sandown's on borrowed time, uh, that Calder Park Raceway is going to return. Will it host supercars? No. I don't think you'll ever get it to a point where it's going to host supercars. But as you know, might state racing, um, corporate events like AMG and Audi and, and all of those people might be able to go back there. Uh, and certainly, as I said, the, the AMRS is looking to potentially have their final round at Calder next year. And I, for one, can't wait because I've done a million laps around Calder and I love the place. We're just having a look. I'm just having a look at the provisional calendar, the 2023 VSRS calendar. So I'm guessing this is the Victorian State Series. Yep. Uh, currently Sandown. Uh, yep. Sandown, February 17th and 19th. Winton, Phillip Island, Sandown again, Phillip Island and Calder Park. There you go. That will be very exciting to yeah. see. Yeah. Look, it, it's an age-old debate on this show about street circuits versus temporary 
road circuits versus temporary street circuits and that we've got all these street circuits that we know you've got to take the racing to the people, right? So all these governments want to have street circuits because it keeps everything centralised. But but we have to be careful that we don't do that at the expense of existing circuits. Mm-hmm. So what's happening out at Calder is not being funded by um, Dan Andrews and the most recently elected government. There's no state money, as I believe, going into it. This is all out of the back pocket of the Jane family that own it. And, hey, I, I, I won't mince words, good. I think it needs to happen. If you're going to, if you you have a big, big, bloody big asset out there, so let's get it up and running and let's make it useful or it's just going to be a drain on the finances. So um, now, does it include the Thunderdome? No. Mm. No, there, there's going to be... The Thunderdome's going to need a lot of money <laughs> yeah, to get yeah. back to what it is. And, but So what they what they are doing, Rowan told me, is that they are out there trying to pretty it up. They're, they're out there at the grandstands. A lot of that's been removed. They're trying to remove all the weeds and do other bits and pieces. And basically the infield of the Thunderdome is still going to be used. Some good corporate opportunities to, to be able to go in there. But the we will not see oval racing return to the Thunderdome, unfortunately, because they were... They were great days, the Thunderdome days. And the only thing I hope that happens is when you go down the main straight, and it's fast, right? It's a long main straight, and it's really fast. There is a gate that's about 150 metres off the end of the main straight. All I hope is that they keep that open during racing because if you have a brake failure at turn one <laughs> and you don't make turn one, you go flying down towards this gate and you just really want to hope it's open. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I do always find it funny too because like Calder Park, when I was a kid, I remember seeing the like the ads every Friday night. There'd always be something mm. going on at Calder Park. It, it was the, the fact that it has fallen into such a state that it is. And when did it kind of decide to fall off the map a little bit? Well, I was doing driver training there uh, six or seven years ago, um, and uh, it was in not a great way then. But really, I think it sort of coincided very sadly with there was a bit of a blow up in the Jane family between uh, Rodney and Bob prior to him dying and and, uh, the whole Jane family, which is all very sad and terribly sad stuff that a family goes through that. But... There was a realization that you know perhaps we couldn't put the money into it um, at that point in time. So hopefully now the money is going into it, and it'll it'll come back to having some, I, I guess, throwback to its history and its splendid place within motorsport uh, history in Australia. It'll never be back to where it was. It would take millions upon millions upon millions. I shouldn't say never. There might be a corporate who might step in or. You know, Dan might be able to find a few more bucks in the in the <laughs> kick that he's not throwing towards his overland rail projects or whatever it may be. Uh, and we might get it back to its glory days. I doubt it, but it'll. I'll just be happy that it's going to be back to a usable state, an acceptable state, and someone, the Jane family, now sees the value in the asset that they've got. Indeedy. Uh, and fingers crossed that we're not going to get to the glory days, but at least it'd be nice to... Like like we had at Winton a couple of weeks back, like those little those events we can go down with the family and it'd be a bit of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's western suburbs, right? And and they're growth suburbs out that way. Mm-hmm. And so if we can have another entertainment venue for those folks to go to, um, then that's all the better. Indeed, we'll take a quick pause for the course here on the driver's seat. We're going to catch up 
with Stephen. Are we going to catch up with Stephen Johnson? Well, I'm just looking on the messages. Uh, none of them make sense to me. Absolutely. I reckon you just give him a call. I'm Should give we try him. and get him in the back of the Uber or a taxi or whatever yeah, he's in? We will. We'll definitely Why give, do we do that? We'll give him a, a call on the old dog and bone. I, Hopefully I, he's going through drive through somewhere because that will be classic. I was just, I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Did someone say uh, KFC? I Oh, that'd be fantastic if we did. All right, we'll take a quick break. Back with Stephen Johnson on the other side of this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do a thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson is here. Not blame all this stuff on Stevie Johnson. He started this thing and mm. people are just doing it everywhere. Uh, Stevie, we've had a couple of people. He joins us first off via a Uber in <laughs> <Hey>. Adelaide. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Hello, fellas. How are you? Oh, I tell you what. First off, Steve, we've had a we've had a couple of people text in that uh, that the delay was an elaborate ruse to cover the fact that you were running late. But um, no, he, you're actually in Adelaide and uh, ready to go in the Mustang uh, this weekend. We actually chatted to Crowley before, and he was saying that he cannot wait to see you there. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic down here. I mean, just to clarify, it was my Qantas flight that was late. It wasn't me. Okay? <laughs> what a shock! I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, what a shock! Yeah. <laughs> Kick a guy while, you, while they're down. It's going, be, it's going to be fantastic to see Crowley and all the gang down here. We haven't been to Adelaide for, I think it was 20, uh, or 2020 was our last, my last run in Adelaide, which was in the XD. Our last run in a Mustang in Adelaide was 2019. So I'm very excited to uh, to have a run tomorrow morning. It's um, It's been a bit of a whirlwind few weeks for me, being in about five states in about two weeks. So it's, <laughs> um, it's been pretty crazy, but um, I am really looking forward to it. I was down here on the weekend, last weekend, for um, the Adelaide Rally and had a little sneak peek of the track, and it looks fantastic. So I can't wait to get this uh, this Mustang on there and uh, see what it's all about tomorrow morning. Nimsy reckons the town is up and about. Uh, now, I know you've just arrived. I'm sure you've just gone through a drive through somewhere and you're on the way to the hotel. But on the flight, Stevie J, were there, uh, what was the vibe on the flight? Were there people coming to race and coming to watch the races, do you reckon? Like, were there team shirts on the plane? Yeah, mate, absolutely. There was team apparel everywhere. Uh, you know, the, the airport was buzzing. Um, and to be honest, down here last weekend, uh, when I was down here, as I just mentioned during the rally, uh, we did a part of uh, the rally stages on the circuit. So the actual rally stages started on Wakefield Street, which is between turn three and four, going back the wrong direction, back down through where you would normally be in between the circuits for uh, uh, for all of our TCM cars and and all of the support cars, which which I use. We then popped back onto the circuit just after turn nine around the back section and then did the last sector Sort of that famous sector where oh, that's uh, cool. McLaughlin and, and Wing Cup uh, was side by side in the in the Volvo and the uh, and the Dunny door for four or five corners there, <laughs> and um, anyway, so we got round onto the front straight, and it, it was the first time we got on onto the front straight um, because we we're waiting for so long, and no joke, the grandstand guys was absolutely chocker. You could not fit one more person in the full. Length of pitch straight on just to watch all these old rally cars, these old road cars, um, 
also there to see Lounsey and a few of the boys drive those Formula One cars, which would have been really, really cool, which I didn't get to see. So I cannot believe the amount of people that were there uh, last Sunday. So I am very looking forward to seeing how many people are going to be here this weekend. I actually saw that too because um, I think Todd Hazel was there as well, and he was. And as you know, the man loves an Instagram story. And, oh, Todd's <laughs> everywhere! Oh my god, he's <laughs> popping up on my feet everywhere. I nearly got to block him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It did look. Part of me was just like, did I miss a flight? Like, surely I was checking my, checking my calendar, going, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure it is next weekend, which is sort of great to see. But because they've, ha, how much of it looks like the because. When the previous government decided, right, we're going to bin it, they literally pulled everything down. They were selling stuff left, right, and center, and it was just back to the parklands. And and it was a real rush to sort of get everything built ready for this weekend. So, but but everything looks pretty rigid, does it? Yeah, it does, mate. It, does. it looks it looks as it was back in 2020 when we last raced there. So uh, you know the concrete walls were up, the signage was up. Um, you know, there were some bridges that were up. Uh, it, it was looking amazing for the... I only really saw, say, the uh, last sort of four corners of the circuit and the first three. Uh, I didn't get to see around sort of from turn four all through the terraces and under the back straight. But um, from what I saw and, and where the people were, uh, it was amazing. They've done a great job. The pit building looks, looks fantastic. The pit lane is, as per we remember it, so um, it's going to be very interesting with the new track surface that's been put down. Um, the curbs are a little bit of a different profile; they're not quite as high. So I think you know, possibly wow. it's going to really tend towards some very fast lap times once we get some rubber on this new bitumen. And Stevie J, you've done a ton of these things, Adelaide 500s and and the like. Um, what, it's one of my favourite circuits to drive on. What's your favourite part of Adelaide Parkland Circuit? Uh, honestly, I mean, I love the the whole lot. I mean, the circuit is just such a a very cool, exciting track that flows amazingly. It's got, you know, that that turn eight really scary aspect. You know, it's got some slow speeds off the turn one, two, three chicanes, amazing. Um, so you know, I, there's really not a part um, that I can really say that I don't enjoy it, apart from the stewards' office. To be fair, and I've been there a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to go there this this weekend either. Uh, no, and interestingly, we had uh, someone text in earlier about you for next year about TCM and whether you're going to continue full time. Crowley, Richard Crowley um, may may have let a little thing out of the bag that that your car owner is absolutely keen as a bean to run you again full time next year. So how far away are you from being able to announce something next year? Because the texter wanted to know that if you weren't, who was going to be the Ford contender to take it up to the likes of JB and Hansford and those sorts of blokes. But yeah, crazy yeah. sort of let half let one slip there, mate, that you could be back. Oh, well, car owner, uh, car owners, Russell and Julie uh, Hancock, uh, you know, they've really um, enjoyed uh, my contribution there to their little team, and it's been a fantastic little team. It's a family team. It's really sort of synonymous to what we do as a Johnson family. I, I love it. Um, it. The car's a beautiful car. Um, funnily enough, I was sitting on the plane between Melbourne and Adelaide tonight going through and writing down all of the dates for uh, not only the uh, Trans Am schedule, but the TCM schedule, uh, the 
Porsche Carrera Cup schedule, which I've got an opportunity to do there, not as in driving, as in as in a team management role, mm-hmm. uh, and also um, the Super Three Dunlop Super Three calendar for a possibility if we can get Jet onto that grid. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of clashes in there, um, and I'm going to have to make a decision on what I do moving forward. So it's definitely going to be. I mean, as a, as just a pure driver, I would love to do it, mm-hmm. um, but I think. I've got to um, put on my big boy pants, as you say, Matthew, and make a uh, calculated decision on what I do um, you know, regarding myself, uh, not only myself, but obviously um, you know, work and also jet. And you know, there's quite a few factors there. So I do have to sit down after this weekend and make a decision on, um, on what's sort of best moving forward. How does the TA2 calendar fit into all that as well? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, well, that's that's there. That's not part of me racing. So it's uh, you know it's you know it's, it's going to be a busy year, and that's you know that's that's another reason why um, you know the decision I'm not going to make lightly, and and I'm not going to do it just because I want to do it because I do want to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. Um, you know, it, it needs to be for me a bit more of a business decision. Now that I'm getting on a bit and I'm starting to slow up as an old fella, you know? Oh, oh come to on. Slow up. Listen to it. After he just rolled bold and arsehole everyone at Bathurst, he goes, I'm slowing up. Take it easy, sunshine. Well, he, he could see people in the rearview mirror, that's why. <laughs> totally. Hey, Stevie, given that, given that, uh, and, and again, Crowley talked about it on the show, and I think it's common knowledge now. Um, talk to me about the XD. Because if you're not going to race full-time next year with that, and if you are not able to, to run yep. full-time in the Mustang as well, where does that leave the XD? Um, definitely up for sale? Um, well, I wouldn't say definitely, but I would say that it's definitely, you know, as you know and as you know from what my father has taught me, and that's through uh, people that have been very, very good to him, in recent times, business-wise, um, everything's for sale. <laughs> everything's for sale for a price. Absolutely, everything's you know, got maybe, a price. Maybe, well, maybe, maybe not my wife and kids. But apart from that, I think most of, <laughs> most everything else is for sale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I would love to be able to keep it. I'd love to be able to race it again. Um, so it's more, again, for me to, you know, weigh out what's going to be best. It may be best for us to sell the XD, um, you know, and, and that we may have to buy a car moving forward in the future for Jet. I don't know. So, yeah, um, yeah same again. Um, you know, as you know, Matty, and I, I don't tend to be uh, the, the, the selfish type. I'm, I'm probably more so the other way. I'm probably more forget about myself and yep. give to everybody else rather than, uh, you know, be selfish myself. So, um for me, you know, I really want to put a lot of effort into Jet next year, especially if we can get him a Super 3 ride somewhere, which mm-hmm. we haven't locked in yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see him progress. And so so will obviously my dad, my mum and dad, and my wife and my daughter, So and all the family on both sides. But uh, but And also, obviously, a lot of fans. Well, I mean, we're getting so much love from everybody. It's been amazing, um, especially after his win in the uh, TA2 Championship. So, mm. um, yeah, so... You know, it's really hard. I mean, I, I'm really torn because I love, I love driving. You know, I, I love Bathurst last round in the TCM car. It was just amazing, and uh, I do, I definitely don't want to hang the boots up from a driving point of view. But I've, I've really got to, um, you know, 
think about the business point of view and, um, and you know, with, with my employees, with Ben and Jet and, and trying to get them, moving them up in the business and try to grow our business. And so there's a lot of stuff that I really want to look at. And, um, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'm probably going to, if it's possible to get any more grey hairs, Maddie, it's probably going to happen <laughs> in the next two weeks. <laughs> well, mate, let me tell you, uh, I know you want to hang up. No, you don't want to hang up. I know that there is a possibility you might have to hang up the boots for the betterment of, of the next generation. But there is some discussion within TA2 ranks next year that we will have a two-driver race at a particular place. And given that Jet's no, not going to be doing TA2 next year, and I am, I want it publicly known here that although we didn't get a great result in the People's AU Falcon oh, at, at, the, Winton, at the Winton 15. At the Winton 15. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I would hope that for your old mate, Matty Mac, you might be able to dust off the boots and the helmet and join me in a two-driver race in TA2 next year because I think that would just be ace fun. It would be good fun, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. I know that you have flagged that with me and uh, my only concern is is flying up there and travelling 4,000 kilometres for my co-pilot to break it before I get in it. <laughs> Two that's, things we haven't mentioned the circuit yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you know why? Because this time, unlike the AU Falcon, you're doing everything up until the race and then I'm just going to do the race. So you do all the practice sessions, you do all the qualies and then I'll just jump in the race car. Not unlike what you were about to try and do at Winton. You're going to do all the work this time. <laughs> Shoes on the other foot. Okay. Well, Correct. Well, yeah. there, there could be some, uh, there could be some very uh, important, dot points in our contract for you to, <laughs> to KPI target you to hit for me to be able to drive with you up there, mate. So, oh, well, and, and, it, and it might be uh, it might be quite interesting. You might see Matty Mac training with Stevie J again. We'll see what happens. Oh, there We're going to start training again. Right, eh? Well, well, you haven't stopped training, but I've really got to start <laughs> training. That was one thing that I did recognise on a serious point coming out of Winton, that I am not fit enough to be able to do... Uh, two categories in one weekend, which is probably why I'll never do it again. So he, but, um, he, I've he, got to get fitter. It sounds like he's literally when he was getting out of that when we were, um, when everyone was uh, getting out of the AU Falcon. Yeah, that he got out, and he, I swear to God, I've never seen someone more motivated. Like oh, I've got to get like yeah. oh, if we're oh, doing I've this next year, fitter. I'm getting fitter. <laughs> yes, the old, the old like boy's got to get back to the like gym. A fast race car. There's nothing like a fast race car. And some cool events to motivate you to uh, yes. to get fitter anyway. So Absolutely. I'm well, looking I can't... forward to it. Yes, but yes, Matty, I will love to drive with you up there if uh, that's the case. There you go. So when, once the calendar, once we're un, uh, unembargoed from releasing the TA2 calendar, uh, hopefully we'll be able to announce that in the coming year, I suppose. That's if we come back, Nims. You've yeah. got one show to go. We do. Have, have, you, have you boys seen a contract come across your desk for 2023 yet? Well, well, speaking of contracts, I was going to say the the Darwin contract. I'm going to get to you now. So the Darwin contract, yeah, yeah, the Darwin contract. My driving contract with you for TA2. You know, well, thanks out. for announcing it, Stevie J. We hadn't actually quite announced which circuit was, but it is going to be Darwin, hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs> Yeah. Steve Johnson does the business. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were talking about the Kubota trip again. 
Oh, the Kubota trip. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Are we yeah, going to go back to that pub? That up, Matthew, not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to go back to that pub where the bloke belted the uh, crocodile, the crocodile with, with a frying pan? pan? Yeah, yeah, because oh, we were no, there we're two days prior. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll exactly never go back right. there. But, uh, mate, I, I, you know, I, I think I speak for all of us. It's our last show next week. It's going to be great to have you back in the studio here for the final mm-hmm. one. Um, I, for one, am looking forward to this weekend to seeing supercars, obviously around Adelaide Parkland Circuit again. But I am particularly excited to watch what you can do because I reckon your car owner is going for uh, a top position in every session. He wants you to top every practice, quality and every race. He wants you to win it. Yeah, I know. He's a little bit upset that we were second in practice and we were only 12th in quality at practice. So yeah. I told him that I was angry and I'd have to make it up in the races and I did that. So uh, I think I think that he forgives me for a, for a, a miscommunication, let's say, in qualifying <laughs> where we didn't get out to do our final run. So... It's all good. Hopefully the weather's not going to be as bad here as what it was at Bathurst uh, there for qualifying and race streak. Um, nope. But uh, the weather looks great. Uh, the, the circuit looks fantastic. I'm literally standing outside my hotel right now and the place is absolutely pumping. There's cars and people everywhere. So it's going to be a very exciting weekend. I, I, if there's not going to be a, a record, big, biggest ever crowd here at the at, at Adelaide for the, is it Valo or Velo? What, what do they call that? The Velo Adelaide Adelaide 500? 500, I don't know. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Supercars have done a great job in getting the event ready and promoting it. So is the South Australian government. Um, I can't wait to be a part of it. I'll tell you what, Stevie. You don't have a cool suit in there in the Mustang, do you? Because it's 26 tomorrow, 28 on Friday, 33 on Saturday and Sunday. You're gonna come out looking like you're gonna come out looking like one of those Ethiopians on those World Vision ads by the end of uh, oh, by, by, the end, by the end of the <laughs> Please donate to Steve Johnson. <laughs> oh, boys, don't do that. That's well, very funny. Stevie, we're gonna we better let you go, mate. Especially considering the fact that uh, you got pracky tomorrow at eight thirty-five in the morning. So we'll let you go get some sleep, mate. And uh, I'll catch you with I'll catch you with um, trackside over the weekend. Awesome, boys. Thanks for uh, calling in and looking forward to next week, next next week's show. That's right. The big finale of the driver's seat. But uh, good luck uh, tomorrow, Stevie, and I'll uh, catch you in Adelaide. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Say, mate. Stephen Johnson there joining us on the driver's seat. It's funny. uh, Every time I say, yep, CBJ joining us on his own (laughs) program. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I know. Um, do you, do you want to quickly... lifting, Nimsy? Big shoulders. <laughs> Big shoulders. Do you want to quickly go through some of these texts that are just uh, flocked in at the moment, Matty? Um... Very quickly, yep. Uh, Billy, what? Uh, hi, guys. Loving the show as usual. Just quickly, do you know what the best part of Audi's customer service is? They answer within four rings. Ba-dum-tss. Hey! Well done, Billy. Hey! <laughs> He's here all week, folks. Uh, we've got a lot of people texting in saying, finally, you're on. Mm. So that's good. I know, <laughs> I know, folks. Thanks for your patience on that one. Um, I don't know if we want to do this one after the break because we've only got about 10 minutes. But hi, boys. Do you think Ferrari is shooting themselves in the foot by letting Mattia Bonotto go at Ferrari? I get the sense that they've improved year on year. But for some reason, it's not good enough, Joe. Uh, Joe, not good enough from Joe. Mm. Joe, you're 100% right. Ferrari expect nothing but wins. And if you don't win... There is every chance that you will not come back. So mm. they, it's a very hard place to work. Also, from Billy, are the F-18 fighter jets back next year for the Grand Prix in Melbourne? I haven't seen them for a couple of years. Hey, Billy, 
when we were in Darwin, we got the F-35 Lightning up there. So I'm hoping that the F-35 Lightning starts to make a few more appearances because that thing is sensational. You've never seen a corporate box hit the roof like it did when the Lightning went across. <laughs> it was just next level. Uh, all I can tell you right now is if, if you've ever seen one of the, if you've ever been in close distance one of those flyovers, you better make oh. sure you've got the brown underpants on. Because oh, yeah. they will no, be quickly. It scares the crap out of you. Yep, it's <laughs> sensational. Hey, we'll take a quick pause for the calls and wrap it all up. Uh, there was some late-breaking news coming out of, out of Tickford Racing regarding their 2023 Super 2 program. We'll touch on that very quickly before yep. we wrap up uh, next on the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Thought I was being good today because we didn't. We've been very punctual yep. and we've been very uh, right but, up to the line. There. But, but we often get a, a good old chin wag going during mm. the ad breaks, and then next mm. thing you know, it's like, oh Jesus! But um, <laughs> before we wrap up here on the driver's seat, there was some yes. late breaking news that dropped via Tickford Racing. Tickford mm-hmm. have locked in for 2023 a two-car Super 2 team. Now, this was mm. this was reported by uh, Connor at um, V8 Sleuth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, geez, isn't the Sleuth doing some fantastic work in terms of breaking Magic. news? Magic. Connor's, Connor's in... In uh, Juno land right now, Connor is the guy at the front of the queue, in he, my mind. He's the Michael Jordan of uh, Australian motorsport oh, journos. that's a bit heavy. No, I don't think he's the Michael Jordan. You don't Not think yet. so? Still got a bit to prove. Would he be the no, Luke he's... Longley? No, <laughs> no, not yet. No, he's, he's got. You got to do it for like five or six years. Well, he's he's, slow... he's had a good he's had a good season. Put it that way. He's working his way up the rank. But yeah, uh, mm. Tickford announced that Brad Vaughan and Ellie Morrow will be its drivers yep. in the two car Super Two Series in twenty twenty three. Now, um, you might rem- remember Ellie Morrow. She was with the Brad Jones Racing Stable. In fact, we were talking to Brad about uh, Ellie just when we did our live show on the, on the GC. And mm-hmm. it's interesting that she swapped over to Brad Jones Racing. And uh, Vaughan, this is going to be his first Super 2 berth. But uh, wh- wh- my big question is, Zach Best, what happens there? Well, Zach Best will be put on the sidelines with Tickford, but he will be remaining with the team. And you'd imagine that he'll be in multiple wildcards for next year and straight into Sort of a, like they uh, did with Tommy Randall. Exactly. And straight into, exactly. And then straight into a co-driver's role, remembering they've got Sandown 500 next year. So, you know, he might do three wildcards and two Enduros. That's five rounds for the year. That's essentially what you get when it comes to the Super 2 program anyway. So um, he's going for that championship this weekend, as is... Uh, as is Brad Vaughan, pretty sure Brad Vaughan is not going to get the Super 3 championship because uh, uh, Kai Allen is going to wrap that one up. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Ellie Morrow does uh, next year in Super 2. Bit of a talent. Um, she'll have a good car around her with, uh, with Tickford. So, yeah, I think that's two good gets. Um, and then, obviously, with Zach, they'll, they'll just put him on the sidelines until a space becomes available in in 24. It'll be interesting to see if this is the sort of um, the way that Tickford bloods people. Cause Tommy Randall, you know, mm. he's, he's been the blueprint so far. Mm. Uh, and you know, they, they do have some well, good Chaz pick. as well. Chaz and Cam went up through uh, Dunlop series with them as well. 
mm. and made it into main game. So yeah, it's not it's not just Randall. It's it's also uh, it's big names gone before Randall, and it's working for them. So before we wrap up, we got ourselves a nice little message on the temper text line. Up the mighty AU. Thanks for the massive support in twenty twenty two. Merry Christmas, lads from John Bikeoff. Good on you, Jono. Good luck this weekend, mate. And if you're in, in and around YouTube, make sure you get on and have a look at the boys from the bush. Uh, <laughs> it's on 89,000 likes or views or something. Uh, so get, get BC it, tells me. Get it to 90K. We'll get see it to 90. You, we'll see you next week on The Driver's Seat.